from the rule of our Holy Father St. Benedict, chapter the 47th, the significanda porra obelisti, of signifying the hour for the work of God. Let the announcing of the hour for the work of God, both by day and night, be the abbot's care, either by signifying it himself, or by trusting it to such a careful brother that all things may be done in appointed times. Let the psalms and antiphons be intoned by those whose duty it is, each in his order, after the act. Let no one presume to sing or to read, except such as can so perform the office that the hearers may be edified. And let it be done with humility, gravity, and awe, and by those whom the abbot hath appointed. But thou, Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The announcing of the hour for the work of God, both by day and night. This is the abbot's duty, the abbot's care, cura abati, says St. Benedict. The abbot is responsible for the regular and disciplined signal for the Opus Dei. St. Benedict admits that the abbot himself may do it, or he entrusts the duty to such a careful brother that all things may be done at the appointed times. We are blessed to have such a careful brother in Dalfinian, who has been the bell ringer now for four years? Yeah, four years. Uh, with with uh, admirable um, fidelity and uh, punctuality and dedication to a duty uh, that is demanding day in and day out to stop what he's doing and to go and ring the bell. The whole good order of the monastery depends on the bell ringer. And it's no small abnegation uh, for the bell ringer if he's out working to stop what he's doing and to come in to ring the bell. Uh, this requires uh, great uh, mortification of one's self-will. Uh, it would be very easy for Don Vinian to say, look, I'm in the middle of a job and I'm not going to stop what I'm doing now. I still have a few minutes. Uh, I'll just leave the bell. Don Vinian has shown extraordinary abnegation, self-denial in uh, ringing the bell promptly. <clears throat> and for this reason I confirm him in his office uh, <laughs> at, least, at least for a time. Of course, Dalvinian can always ask another brother to replace him if need be. And uh, he has a general permission to do that, to get another brother to replace him uh, when it's necessary. The response of the brethren to the bell must also be an act of abnegation, self-denial, the mortification of one's um, preferences. 
so that when the bell rings, when the first bell rings, um, one must immediately prepare to leave what one is doing. So that when the second bell rings, you're already in motion and ready to go to the stazio or to go to choir. This is the fundamental uh, monastic mortification. It's not fasting. It's not the abstinence. It's not the regulation of the hours of sleep so much. Uh, it certainly is not the mortifications that a man chooses for himself. Uh, this is the fundamental uh, penance in monastic life, the fundamental act of mortification by which we put to death the old man by stopping what one is doing with the bell rings and going to there are sometimes um, young brothers who, who want to take on all sorts of uh, penitential practices and, and they mull over in their heads ideas of what they can do to mortify themselves. Fundamental mortification is obedience to the sound of the bell. And uh, uh, this is what a man has to acquire in, his, in the year of his novitiate. This readiness to drop what he is doing, the sound of the bell, and go to choir, whether he feels like it or not. This is really uh, preferring nothing uh, whatsoever to the work of God, putting the work of God first before anything else. And so, in, in this chapter, there's a correspondence. There's the bell ringer who has to deny himself to go to ring the bell. He has to drop what he's doing. <laughs> Similarly, the brothers who hear the bell have to drop what they are doing and be prepared to go to the work of God. This is, this is a, a small action. The whole good order of the monastery depends on it. And it's very pleasing to our Lord because it is a real detachment from one's own preferences. As the wise Dominican I quoted the other day said, uh, it's, a, it's a daily preparation for death. When the bell rings the hour of death, there'll be no time to finish what one is doing, to uh, linger over something, to, to uh, look after what one deems urgent, essential. No, when death comes, we leave everything behind. When the bell rings, we leave everything behind. In this way, we put into practice what St. Benedict says in chapter 4, to keep death daily before one's eyes. And when the bell of death rings, uh, it's to summon us to the heavenly liturgy, to the heavenly liturgy, to the, to the heavenly opus day. And so we, we practice this on a daily basis by a prompt obedience to the bell, one characterized by that beautiful Benedictine virtue of alacrity. Alacrity is um, going about what one has to do with good cheer uh, and with, uh, with a ready step, with good cheer. And so that that all of this pertains to the first sentence of chapter 47. And then St. Benedict says, Let the psalms and antiphons be atoned, be 
intoned by those whose duty it is, each in order after the other. The, the, the duty of intoning the Psalms and Antiphons is, is that of the cantors. And the abbot points the cantors. Um, Let no one presume to sing or read, except such as can so perform the office that the hearers may be edified. The audientes, the audientes must be edified, built up. Their hearts lift to God. Their, their, their souls nourished by the word of God. So you have the cantantes, the legentes, and the audientes uh, all working together in the Opus Dei. Uh, it is the abbot who <coughs> decides who can sing uh, or read uh, in such a manner as to edify the hearers. The brother himself is not the judge of his ability in this regard. This is the abbot's decision. And then St. Benedict uh, gives three characteristics of Benedictine prayer, Benedictine liturgical prayer. Uh, he says, cum humilitate, et gravitate, et tremore. We have three characteristics of Benedictine liturgical prayer. Humility, gravity, and awe. And awe. I would ask you to, to consider these three characteristics of Benedictine liturgical prayer. Humility, gravity, and awe. Mother Mathilde very often spoke of um, reverence. Reverence sums up, is, is made up of humility, gravity, and, and awe. And these, I think, are, are characteristically Benedictine Qualities uh, when it comes to uh, the, the carrying out of the work of God, uh, we are to uh, to manifest in our bearing, in our chanting, in our actions, humility, gravity, and all. Ne never precipitation. Never precipitation. Never carelessness. Uh, again, I remind you. I said something about it with regard to recreation. We don't cross our legs, we don't cross our ankles, certainly not require. Uh, we don't put our hands into our pockets, uh, not at any time, not, not in require, not in recreation, not when walking about. Um, that's if you need to put your hands somewhere, you put them under your scapular, not in your pocket. Uh, so uh, these are things that have to be corrected so that our demeanor is at all times uh, characterized by dignity, humility, gravity, awareness of the presence of God. Uh, there is never a moment when a monk uh, is not in the presence of God and in some way carrying out a liturgical action. Because if St. Benedict says that even the tools, the implements of the monastery are to be treated as the vessels of the altar, he is suggesting by this that the life of the monk is one of perpetual adoration. Allah's is perpetual praise, perpetual adoration. That we do all things in the presence of God with heart and mind lifted to God. 